Joey. Yeah. We we have to talk. Okay. So you know how I I consider myself a man about town in Boston. I mean, everybody knows it and yeah. everybody thinks it. So so I'm out about town and the other day and I start noticing all these old things around me. And I said, oh. what's with all this old stuff? Why can't we get yeah. some new stuff around here? I, I like new things. And then somebody explained to me, no, old stuff is better. And yeah, here's why. I, I don't know if you realize that, Jay. This is This is not a new thing to like old stuff. Yeah, no, brand new to me. Uh, and apparently there's a whole market for this and there you can is. find these things. Like people go out and they search them out and you can find them. Uh, you can find old uh, model cars, old silverware. What do you, like old drinkware. Jay, you sound kind of flustered. Uh, this is a very common thing called antiquing. Have you ever heard of that word? And antique, antique. Am I saying that right? Antiquing. I mean, it's got a Q, uh, so oh. it makes it a little tricky. It's two Qs. Uh, no, no, just, just one, one Q. Q. Okay. Antiquing. Okay. Yeah, antiquing. And uh, and where does one? How does so you can go buy old things? Like there's, it's not just new things. Like every okay. other store in modern okay. world. Of course. Uh, in fact, there's a, a great little place in Delaware Water Gap. We know the owner. Uh, we've interviewed her on this show, Lauren Chamberlain. Get out. She's got a place called Asparagus Sunshine right on Main Street in Delaware Water Gap. You can oh. get all of your antique needs there. All of the old things that you want to look for that make your uh, house, your home uh, a little bit more stylish, a little bit up to date uh, uh, by reaching back into the past and uh and putting that that little uh, that little uh, je ne sais quoi into the the uh, the uh, ambiance of your now that's uh, I feel like that's too many French uh, sounding words. So um, oh okay so uh, uh, you know I love the French. Uh, <laughs> if there's anything we know about Joe, he's a francophile. <laughs> so check it out: asparagus sunshine, Delaware water gap. Mention podcast Crimson Sheen for 10% off your first order. Crimson Sheen. <laughs> I put that in the beginning of like most episodes. I don't know. I don't, I don't know these things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. We got a great episode lined up for you. Uh, Lauren Chamberlain of Delaware Water Gap. Yeah, what a great uh, interview that was. It was so great to hear about uh, where she came from and like how she has uh, become the pillar of the community in which she grew up. Yeah, she really she's found a great place. She's really dug in deep in the Delaware Water Gap and uh, it's a good place to be. And certainly that's yeah, certainly that's a community that uh, I've grown to love over the years. Uh, you were part of, you know, early, early on. And it was just really kind of cool to, to hear the history of it. And then to know that somebody like Lauren's uh, there and carrying on the legacy, you know, really, I'm, uh, uh, it was one of my favorite episodes. So uh, enjoy. Hi, uh, that's Joe Arner. And that's Jay Wilson. And, and this, this is, is 
Crimson, Crimson Sheen. Sheen. Wow, we suck hey, at that. All right, that not, was, I, that, I don't it's know. It's the delay. That's a technical difficulty. Oh, uh, uh, okay. All right. Well, we tried something different this time, and we'll probably go back to the other way uh, the next time. Uh, we're not off to a good start, but I think things are going to pick up because we got a great guest today. I'm really excited about talking to her. But uh, how are you, Jay? You doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I got my Bob Duro t-shirt on, thanks to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see you're wearing one as well. I'm uh, wearing my Bob Duro t-shirt as well. I One day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said, I don't want to work at my job anymore, so I need something to do. And I so I texted Jay, and Jay said, why don't you make Bob Duro t-shirts? Uh, so it's not a living, but not I tried selling it. them. No, I'm not no, selling. We don't want to get in trouble with Sally. Or but somebody. I had some fun for a few hours pretending like I was working, but I was really making Bob Duro shirts. For those that don't know, Bob Duro of Schoolhouse Rock fame, uh, also Deerhead in legend, Pogano jazz legend, international jazz legend, really. Uh, and that's one of the reasons we're wearing those shirts is because our guest today has very strong ties to the Pocono jazz community, Delaware Water Gap jazz community, uh, where Bob Duro played all the time. Uh, so should we welcome, do you want to welcome her? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so today's desk, today's guest is uh, Lauren Chamberlain. Lauren Chamberlain. It is hey, so- guys. Hey, you. This is so, great. So speaking of Bob Duro, fun fact. <laughs> Bob Duro played at my graduation party because of our ties to Bob Duro and uh, was a surprise guest and played at my graduation party from high school. So, really? You know, the tie to Bob Duro goes all the way around for sure. Man. Yeah. He touches many lives. Where did you have your high school graduation party? At Rick's the house, house, at grandmom's house. It's a house oh, that the I'm house in. you're in now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And Bob Duro played at my graduation party. That's amazing. So, uh, yeah. I, the first time I met Bob Duro, I was at the Deerhead and I was really young. I, I think it was early in high school. Uh, and there, it was like, there was a heater in the back, like by the kitchen. And there was, they, they used to, I think they used to set out, uh, like snacks and stuff, uh, on, on that heater. Uh, maybe, I don't know, or maybe it was just like a back table, whatever. Uh, and he was standing there and he said, you want some peanuts, man? And I, there were no peanuts there. It was very odd. It was very odd. <laughs> but that was my first encounter with Bob Duro. <laughs> well, there always were peanuts there in the back of the bar. There was peanuts. And you really? could just grab a pack of peanuts and then like... Peanuts and beer nuts. Yeah, and beer nuts. And beer nuts. Yeah. yeah. That's why I said that. My first memory of Bob Duro is at the Tannersville Inn when I was like, I don't know. First, no, I had to be had to be before first grade and i remember ordering chicken in the basket that's what i always got at Terrenceville in and i remember him seeing me and knowing my mom and being like and he sang uh three is a magic number or something and i remember thinking oh because i was like my mom's boyfriend and her and we were here together so there was like the three of us in the family i was like oh he's singing it for us and of course he sang that everywhere but in my whatever <laughs> five-year-old brain i was like he's singing a song for us he's amazing this guy's great <laughs> 
Uh, I years later when I was when I was out of college, I saw him. He played at uh, he played in Chicago, so I got tickets. And I was living in Chicago, and I, I went to see him there. And I waited around afterwards, and he was coming out and greeting people and stuff like that. Uh, and I walked up to him, and uh, I had met him a few times with the Deerhead before, but he's he was looking at me, and he squinted his eyes, and he goes, "I know your face, man." <laughs> yeah, and he gave me like a big handshake and like hugged me and stuff. <laughs> he was always so gracious at shows like not in Water Gap or around here. Like he picked my sister. My sister saw him out in California, Fiona, and he picked her out. And he was like, "Hey, you know," and like talked to her afterward. Like he was always so gracious to like see a familiar face at a show that was not you know, local to the area. It was amazing. He was the only man that I hugged on a regular basis. Every time I saw him, I was like, Jason, (laughs) hey, Bob, (laughs) give him a hug. It's so strange. Yeah, I only got to know like later, but I only like when I was like 30, when I turned 30, I was living back in Strasburg again. And uh, that's when I really hung out with him and and not hung out with him but kind of got to know him but yeah there was a lot of i just hugged him <laughs> when i saw him and he yeah. hugged me <laughs> i think he was yeah god he was he was a, he's, he's quite a character anyway we're talking a lot about him but uh, but why do we uh, why are you connected to the deerhead why don't we get a little backstory on that so uh so we've talked about the deerhead a lot on on the on these uh interviews it comes up a lot but you have a specific kind of relationship there where tell me about that it's a little specific um i grew up there so, um, you know, just a little specific. Um, my, uh, okay. So my grandparents, my grandmother and, and grandfather, Bob and Faye Lair, uh, bought the deer head, uh, as it was a bar at the time. Um, it was after the central house and after the resort era. And, uh, it was basically a bar with lots of mounted deer heads and, um, they, my grandfather had grown up here. My grandmother was from Boston. My grandfather had grown up here and his father said to him, Hey, I'll, I'll loan you the money. If you'll buy, buy the deer head, I'll, you know, I'll give you the loan. And I think back then it was probably like, you know, 50 grand or something, which was a lot back in those days, but you know, nothing now. Um, And uh, my grandmother thought it was a horrible idea. And he said, I really want to do this. And um, back in those days, you know, the man who was making the money, you know, kind of made the decision. So they, they did it. And uh, my grandfather loved jazz. And one of the first things he did, I mean, my grandmother fell into it and she loved it. She loved entertaining people, men in particular, you know, you'd go in there on her nights and it would be all men at the bar. (laughs) And uh, uh, my grandfather loved jazz. And uh, one of the places in town, um, had basically fired one of the jazz piano players. And he said, well, why don't you play at my place? And uh, so he did. And that started like a Friday night thing. And then it, you know, it continued to grow. And then we ended up with John coach jr. Playing on a regular basis and, you know, and they turned it into a, a real, a real jazz club. It helped, it helped that the, the wearing building was across the street and he had the wearing singers and all that talent from over there. And, um, and it was also at a time when 
a lot of people were starting to move here from New York City, like Bob Durow and um, Phil Woods and all those guys. And there was there was a bunch of them moving here. The resort industry was booming. So there was like regular paying gigs on a on a regular basis so they could get the, the jam nights. You know, everybody got done with work and came to the deer head. And uh, so my grandparents started it as a deer head. And then as they grew older, they decided that they wanted to retire. And my mom and my stepfather bought it. And um, so I basically spent, you know, a, a good majority of my life in the deer head. Um, even when my mom wasn't the owner of the deer head, I was, she was bartending. So, you know, I spent infant my infant years literally sleeping in the deer head and um i was a three-year-old under the piano and john coates was the only thing that would put me to sleep they would literally let me lay under the piano and that would lull me to sleep um and it's and it's the same way still now um you know recently in past years i um i was with someone who, who was staying, you know, renting a room at the deer head. And I fell asleep so easily with the music. I mean, it's just, it's just <laughs> automatic. Um, but uh, yeah, so I spent, you know, I spent my, I was a four-year-old riding my tricycle around the, around the bar and um, entertaining people that were there. And, um, you that know, sounds like a, that sounds like a scene, man. That sounds really it was cool. A scene. <laughs> It was a scene. And is, and, that, uh, is that around the time when you and Jay met for the first time? Jay, Matt, and I as infants. Yeah. Um, there's bathtub photos, you know, from, <laughs> from babyhood. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your dad would come I mean, in. What's that? You say that. I said, you, every so often your dad, Rick, would like come into the bar with like a picture of me as like a two-year-old. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, what? He's like, yeah, I just found this the other day. And it was like mind blowing. There was one with me and Loretta <laughs> that I was like, where? First of all, Loretta was a smoke show. Didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, who's yeah, this blonde yep. next to me? <laughs> and uh, sorry, this is a side story. And um, yeah, he would j- randomly do stuff like that. But I think that's an interesting segue because uh, I... I remember when you first came to Stroudsburg because you had originally gone to Bangor, right? Well, I went to Stroudsburg originally. I went to oh. Clearview Elementary. Oh, you did? And okay. Yes. And you and I, I have pictures of you and I at my like kindergarten, first grade birthday party. And okay. then we moved to Bangor from second to, I think it was second or third grade to seventh grade. I moved back here in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, because my grandparents had the deer head, but my, my mom and Chris moved to, uh, to Bangor to be closer to his work down in the Lehigh Valley. Mm. And, um, but you and I were at all the birthday parties together, kindergarten, you know, pre-kindergarten up till about first grade. Right. Um, and I think the kindergarten or the first grade pool party was the last pictures I have of us together for at least a good seven, you know, seven years until I came back to Stroudsburg. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember when you came back because I think it was at the festival and everyone's like, oh, Lauren lives at the Deerhead now and she's going to come to Stroudsburg. And this, I think we're in like seventh grade, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my first grade brain only remembered the name, but literally had like, I couldn't like put together who you were. And everyone's like, oh, you know, Lauren, you used to hang out with her all the time as a kid. I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I was like four or three. Like, that's not... <laughs> 
those aren't <laughs> memories that are fresh or even there. Um, right. But everyone just assumed that we were like, oh yeah, you know, you guys are like played together as babies. I'm like, okay, well, I don't remember that, but I'll meet this girl that I'm supposed to know. And I remember like starting to hang out with him and be like, oh yeah, no, I like Lauren. Uh, <laughs> she's great. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I do want to get the, the, the your parents straight. So uh, your your mom and stepdad uh, eventually uh, ran the deer head and took over yeah. the deer head. And then uh, your dad and stepmom. Uh, now, to, what is, what are you what's your mom and your stepfather's name? Uh, Donna and Chris Soliday. OK. Is, and then is my mom and my stepfather. And then your and dad then Rick- and Rick Chamberlain, Rick Chamberlain and Darcy Chamberlain are my my dad and my stepmother. So now, Rick, your dad holds holds a special place in the Delaware Water Gap uh, uh, scene too. That, isn't that right? Yes. Um, so, as families go, mine can get complicated. But um, my dad came to Water Gap in about like 1970s. Seven, I want to say 76 77 um, kind of because of Phil Woods and he was a musician um, my dad uh, ended up being the principal trombonist for the New York City Ballet Orchestra uh, he's the, one of the founders of the jazz festival in Water Gap and was a staple at the Deerhead um, for years uh, I mean for most of it for all of his life up here um, even after you know my parents were um they were a quick marriage but a good one because i came out of it so you know that worked um but uh they stayed friends you know they stayed amicable and um you know my mom would be bartending at the deer head and she would bring me with her and then i'd go up and stay with my grandparents and then my dad would pick me up at two in the morning after a mount airy gig and i'd stay with him for the weekend and um but yeah my dad and um my dad was a a huge part of this community and it was actually really nice to have a, a relationship with all of my parents eventually you know all four of them that everybody kind of got along and everybody uh you know we we were in such a small community that like we kind of had to um i mean there were some rough spots don't get me wrong um sure, but yeah but for the most part you know my dad drank at the bar my mom owned you know and it just <laughs> happened to be a jazz club and the music was important and that was kind of that was more important than anything you know and my dra- yeah. my dad brought to the table a lot of musicians and a lot of young people and it, it was good for the deerhead in general mm-hmm. um and uh yeah, so everybody kind of got along. And, I really um, appreciated uh, at reading that there are like these, we have these yearbooks. So I'm going to ask you some questions about the yearbook. Uh, but, okay. But there's like, there's, there's this piece in there where you thank all four of my parents. And I, I think that's really cool. That's, that's, a, that's a really neat thing to say. Well, we were fortunate. Yeah. Yeah, well, we were fortunate. And also, I mean, my siblings and I, um, I'm the only, I'm the only child of my mother and my father. Okay. I have a stepsister that, or I have a half sister that's, you know, my mom's and my stepfather's. I have a stepbrother that's my stepmother's. I have a half sister that's my brother or my dad and my step. It gets complicated. It needs a chart. <laughs> Trust me. Um, we have an adopted sister. We have, you know, um, but 
as a as a family and as a community um it, we always worked as a team yeah, i mean yeah. we always you know it was never um there was never real it was great that way and that you know all of my parents all four of my parents worked together didn't always get a agree on everything but um but it was it was very equal in that you know i love all four of my parents Mm-hmm. You know, they were, they all four of them were a big part of raising me and they all have very different backgrounds and, um, you know, and brought a lot to the table. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was definitely a, a interesting upbringing between the yeah. deer head and all four parents and yeah. different yeah. personalities and, you know, so. I think I knew, I think I, out of all four of them, I knew, uh, actually Darcy more than anybody, because I think, uh, Darcy, your stepmom, uh, she knew my mom somehow, or uh, maybe one of your siblings went to my mother's daycare center or something like that. Or there was some kind of, maybe there was some kind of connection there or maybe, uh, someplace else. But I remember Darcy was just so, uh, friendly and, and, uh, every time I saw her, she was just such a great person. Well, and Darcy was, um, Darcy was a teacher, you know, ah, okay, so she yeah. was in the high school. Yeah. She was in the high school. She was a librarian um, when we were in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she became a reading specialist after that. But she was still really active in all of the high school stuff. She was always on doing the sets and the dresses and all the um, all the stuff for all the plays. She was always behind the scenes in that. She was always active um you know doing everything that she possibly could you know with the high school yeah, um yeah. so she was kind of always there in the background which was not good for me in high school i'm <laughs> just gonna say i mean it might have helped me out in the long run but you know i couldn't get away with certain things that i probably shouldn't have anyway but um you know anybody that has a uh, you know a parent that's a teacher in the high school knows it's like oh okay well if she sees me i'm really in trouble um so let's get to that. So you came to Strasburg in seventh grade and you, it's like a new school. What was that like for you? Like, did you fit in right away or were you in some Rocky road or did everything work? Um, out? It was, it wasn't that bad in that I knew so many people in the community that I knew some of the kids. I knew some of the kids from like when I went to Clearview, um, I knew a lot of the parents because of Darcy and my dad, because they stayed in the, you know, in the Stroudsburg area. Um, so I still had some connections here. So it wasn't like going to a brand new school starting fresh. Right. Um, so that was helpful. And I knew, I knew a, a fair amount of the teachers in the middle school because of Darcy. Um, and also, you know, my, my brother, well, when we moved back, actually, Darcy and my dad weren't really together, but I knew they were together, but not married or anything. And um, it just it made it easier because I our family had been in the community for so long. So there was definitely people that like helped me out and knew who I was. And um, and the people that I hung out with originally when I moved back to where I transitioned, which I think this is true for all of us. Um, definitely changed over the years. You know, the first people that I hung out with were definitely not necessarily the same people that I hung out with in say ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was probably a much easier transition 
because I had been here and because my family had been here for so long. It, you know, it wasn't like that devastating. I don't know anybody. This is the worst thing ever kind of thing. And I feel like I kind of, I mean, I kind of slid in okay with, with everybody, you know, um, you know, it took a little bit, but I don't think it was a bad transition. You know, I wasn't devastated or anything like that. And, um, do you, do you find that you make friends easy? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think about you. That's, and I wonder if that's because of your upbringing too, like that, that being connected to the community and being in the, at the deer head and meeting so many different types of folks who come in and out of the deer head. And you, I, I just wonder if that kind of rubbed off because it, you said you kind of slid in and it, I, to me, it was like seamless, you know, it was like, <laughs> um, Jay, Jay said before we got on, Jay was like, uh, she didn't always go to Strasburg. She went to Bangor, uh, for, I don't, and I was like, really? I just always <laughs> like thought you were, you were at Stroudsburg. Well, I think it helped. I mean, growing up at the Deerhead, you know, I was a four-year-old that was communicating with adults most of my life, you know? Um, and that, that definitely helped, you know, yeah. that definitely helped. And um, I was social. I got the social aspect of my father, which, you know, my father could, he could, become best friends with anybody in the world. Um, and I definitely got that trait. Um, and, uh, you know, he could walk into a room and get capture the whole room. I don't like that much attention. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm much more subdued than him, but I can, I can make it work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that that upbringing helped a lot. You know, I, I knew how to deal with strangers very well. I didn't know your dad until I was older and I was bartending at the Deerhead and he would come in from, uh, I think he would, he would play in, in New York and then he would come in and he'd get a beer at the Deerhead. And that's when I, uh, that's when I got to know him. And, and every time he walked in the Deerhead, it was like, Oh, Rick's here. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I started oh, calling yeah. him Norm for a while. He didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, they caught on a little bit, but yeah, he didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, he would. You no, know, he'd he'd stroll in after you know he'd finish up at the ballet, and he knew exactly the speed that he needed to go to make sure that he got in the door of the deer head before it closed, so he could at least hear like the last tune right. and have his, uh, his one and one and, uh, you know, and still be part of the community. I mean, cause yeah. the reality was like, you know, New York was his full-time gig. That was the, that was the breadwinner. That was what he had to do. But I think if he had a choice, he would have much rather just been, you know, in the, the local scene for sure. Yeah. You know, unfortunately the local scene doesn't pay nearly as well as, you know, the ballet. Mm-hmm. that's interesting that you called it a one-on-one i started calling it a duet and i thought that caught on (laughs) no the duet definitely did catch on yeah (laughs) just it was was, take the duet denny denny be like one and one yes one and one (laughs) i'm good i'm glad that i transitioned it i stole some of denny's thunder uh (laughs) would you mind explaining what a duet is uh duet is uh one shot of vodka and one beer ah okay gotcha gotcha Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah uh yeah. So can you, uh, 
I mean, we're talking a lot about this community. Uh, can you, what, what's so great about it? Well, like what's so special about it? I mean, obviously uh, right now you're still there. So what is so special about that? Uh, the town and the community and either Delaware Water Gap or Stroudsburg. And uh, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, I'm definitely still here. And um, I decided to to build my business here and, you know, have my home here. And um, I've lived, you know, some other places, but um, it's a real community. It's, you know, Delaware Water Gap is very small, um, which, you know, when I was a kid, I hated I wanted to get as far away as possible because, you know, in a small community, you, everybody knows what everybody's doing. So when you're, you know, in high school or young twenties, you know, somebody sees your car down the street and they're like, Oh, you know, tell my mom, Oh, I saw Lauren's car down at so-and-so's house. It's like, I'm 22 years old. Leave me alone. You know? Um, So, you know, that sense of community is, you know, it sucks as a teenager, but, as an adult, it's amazing. It's yeah. really, um, it's it, it, seeing the people that you love and like, you know, and there's, there's so many of the, our neighbors. I mean, water gap doesn't have a ton of changeover as far mm-hmm. as residents. I mean, there's some for sure. And we've gotten some new people in that are amazing, but it, it basically draws artistic types. It draws creative people. Um, and there is just a the sense of community when anything happens, everybody's right there to help you, you know, and that's true for Stroudsburg too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I hate to say that we're separate. Um, we are a little bit separate. There's definitely like, you know, there's a definite water gap click community and then there's definitely Stroudsburg, but you know, they intermingle a lot. Um, and it's one of those things that it's really nice to see when anything bad happens or good, everybody does it together. Everybody celebrates together or everybody grieves together or, you know, everybody helps each other out. I mean, you know, water gaps had some floods, um, you know, over the years Mm -hmm. and, everybody got out their kayaks and their canoes and they went across the thing and who needs groceries and who needs what, and, you know, and, and people that were stranded got helped. And, you know, I don't know if I've ever, you know, I've lived in Morristown. I've lived in Blairstown, which is a small community, but I've never sensed that sense or had that sense of community like there is here. I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I like there is, there's really no place that I've ever encountered that's kind of like Delaware Water Gap. It's, yeah, it's, it's just unique. It's, and, and it's that community, right? I mean, Jay and I had that, our 40th party there a few years ago. That's and a great party. Yes, it was so fun. <laughs> just, and, and the, like everybody from Water Gap came and it was just so fun. And they were just there together celebrating. It was just such a great time. Uh, and that comes directly from the, the from the uniqueness of that community. Well, and I see it even more now that I own a business here. Mm, That's yeah, like, yeah. it's right. huge to see who comes in my store and who just like, I mean, even like during COVID and everything else, it's like, are you, you know, people have stopped. Are you doing okay? What can we do to help? How can we, you know, 
push people to your store? Are you going to be okay? Are you going to survive? You know, and that's, that's just awesome. our local people walking by every day, you know? Yeah. yeah. To me, I think it's, I, I mean, now that I've, I mean, I've lived away for a while and I lived away for times and come back. I don't know that there's like, I don't know that anyone like, I'm sure people in other communities get this, but I don't know that it's as strong as a feeling of being home when you come back to that area. It's just a very strong, like you walk in any place and you're going to find somebody that you know and somebody that you want to talk to and somebody that wants to talk to you. And you just feel, it's just like a feeling that this is a comfortable place and I like it here. Like it just feels good to be here. So going back to uh, you making friends, we did interview uh, uh, Naomi Edwards. And for somebody who came from, uh, where did she come from? San Diego, Jay? Yeah, San Diego. San Diego. Big, big town. It's California, for sure. Yeah. And she and we said, well, who was your who was your first friend that you made here? And she said, Lauren Chamberlain. Uh, I miss her. (laughs) I miss her so much. She she comes to my mind so much because when she yeah when she got here yeah we did we we became instantly friends and yeah. i was like instantly drawn to her and you know and she was new you know and she came from a completely different climate you know um both socially and you know environmentally and everything and um yeah she and i hit it off like really well and you know and i I helped her acclimate, but I also think that she helped me too. I mean, I have a compass that she gave me a compass necklace that she gave me. Um, and she said, you know, if you ever need to find your way, just look to the compass. And I still have that in my jewelry box Really? <laughs> from Naomi. Yep. I still have that. And every once in a while I pull that out and I think about her, you know, cause she wasn't on social media or anything for a while. And I, you know, and she had moved and, and, um, you know, but I, I, I think about her a lot, you know, that's so. such a sweet story. That is so nice yeah. to hear. You know? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. th- do we have anything like that? Do you have anything of, that I've given you or you've given me? No, I've mostly no. burned everything that you give me. Uh, that's, uh, when I miss that part of friendship. the fire in my house. <laughs> <laughs> what I have are like, you'll come here and you'll leave your winter coat. And you'll go, I live in Florida. I don't need this anymore. I'm just going to leave it in Jay's guest bedroom. <laughs> and then and, stay here for like five years. <laughs> and you left a pair of swim trunks that I use now in Florida. So Nice. <laughs> well, but th- those are actually, those are functional things that you left at each other's place. Because you're going to yeah. need that winter coat again when you go see yeah. Jay. And he's yeah. going to need those swim trunks again when he comes to see you. So that's, you know. It's a it's a That's relationship efficient. based on utility. Yes, yeah, yeah. it makes and sense. I have your sweater, by the way. Do you know the blue sweater? That's a good one. I wear that a lot. Wait, who? My sweater? The, the zip up blue sweater. How, I was gonna how say, are we? F- not mine. <laughs> how are we fitting in the same clothes? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I think I, I like shrunk the hell out of it. How do you man. wear my bathing suit? <laughs> well, I got skinny legs. That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> They're a little tight. They're a little tight. But you got a huge ass too. So I do. Uh, it's it's been called a bubble butt before. Um, <laughs> Lovingly called a bubble butt. Yeah. Uh, it's athletic. Okay, guys. Uh, so a lot of squats. 
<laughs> I want to talk a little more about your your high school experience. We're jumping into the community and stuff and where we are now, but I want to dig in a little bit more to like what what was what was high school like for Lauren? Like what what were your were you in any activities or any clubs or anything like that? Or you... wow, you paid attention a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to say you were in the orchestra, you did track for a little while. Oh, here's how much I, I paid attention. I remember you had a knee brace. And you ran track. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> you did was, hurdles, yeah. I want to say. Uh, I did sprints. Sprints, but, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was on the basketball team for a while. Nice. Um, that was actually what I really wanted to do. But then I blew my knee out. And oh, hence um, the knee yeah, that basically destroyed all. Well, and I, it's funny because I blew my knee out water skiing up in Canada. And uh-huh. that basically destroyed all of my high school um, athletic. Oh, thank gosh. We don't have to talk about athletics with Jay again. I mean, we've, we've interviewed yes. Mike Cromie and Nate Pry, and it's like football, 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 football. football. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nate and Mike. Those were great conversations, but, <laughs> but a little football heavy. Yeah, yeah. And I tried to tone it down from the football. Those guys would go football a hundred percent if you let them. <laughs> Yeah, they were. I almost thought they'd take out a whiteboard and start Jay, marking it up with X's and O's and shit. It was the third play of the game. You went the wrong way. I never forgot. That. <laughs> uh, and so you, but you were in the orchestra. Are you, uh, I was. I was in the orchestra. Yeah. Um, I was in the orchestra. I was in marching band. I was in marching band freshman, sophomore, and junior year. What did you play? I was uh, I was percussion section leader. Thank you very much for the oh. bass drum line. Oh, <laughs> were you battling out with Ted Kahn? He was in the drum line too, wasn't he? That he was, was a sna- he was a snare drum player. He was uh, in the different. Uh, I was bass drum. Gotcha. Different. Different. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> no offense. Uh, it's funny because you had like so you were in the band. I'm sure that's a that's a scene too, isn't it? Like oh yeah, band and. What do you remember about being in the band? Uh, I hear that there's there's like a it has a culture of its own when you're it in the band. It definitely does. Um, band definitely has a culture of its own, um, and the culture was definitely interesting at that time. Um, interesting is a vague word. It's very vague. <laughs> Very big. Get into the Care details. to elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Give us all the um, details. So freshman year, you know, and obviously I come from a family of musicians. So, um, you know, violin doesn't really settle well with marching band for some reason, you know, whatever. Um, and my dad wanted me, you know, I mean, it was like, well, you know, you do, do marching band. And there was a little bit of like, well, if you want to do certain things, you have to do marching band. There was a weird culture back then, which uh, there's always a weird culture with marching band. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, <sighs> marching band thinks that marching band is the best thing that's ever happened. And that's the only thing that you should do. And that's what you should be 100% concentrated on. I'm not gonna well, lie. And it was a pretty good marching band, wasn't it? Oh yeah, we placed. I mean, we placed really well in Giant Stadium. Um, but you know, when you look back as an adult, what exactly is marching band gonna get you in your future? <laughs> mm, I'm not really sure that that's the way you should go. 
you it's know, but teamwork, it's working together. It's it you know, discipline. Yeah. You could be in the movie about a marching band and they make one or two of those. <laughs> I think they make like one or two every 10 years, yeah. you know, so, you know, you might get a spot. Did you feel pressured to play an instrument or was it like a thing you wanted to do? Like, I kind of sense that like, so you come, your dad is obviously a great musician. Did you I was f- absolutely pressured to play an instrument. I was bribed. <laughs> As a child, okay. with a bank Let account. Let me cut you off right there, it. Jay. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was absolutely bribed to play an instrument. Right. I was promised a savings account with a certain amount of money to pick up the violin when I was young. And then I was further bribed to be in marching band later as a, you know, as a teenager so that I could be in good with everyone. So, wow. yes. Nice. Uh, who did we just talk to, Jay, that was in marching band? Stacy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our last conversation was with Stacy. Yeah. Stacy so. and I were roommates on a couple of band trips. Oh, yeah. yeah? Actually, yeah. Stacy and I were good band friends. Well, you, it's funny you say that because you mentioned her in the yearbook. Do you, do you know how you mentioned her? Do you have any recollection? I don't remember how I. I don't remember how I mentioned her, but I remember that I screwed up really bad with her as a friend. Yeah, I'll read it to you. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It says, uh, yeah. It's Worst right. memory, losing Stacy Crow as my best friend over a guy freshman year. Yep. What was that about? Do you recall? Do you want to recall? I think I might have blocked that out, what actually happened. Gotcha. Um, I do know that I forgot her birthday multiple times because I'm the worst at birthdays. Oh, I'm and the worst. And I know that that uh. was like that was like the she and I liked the same guy, and I don't even I don't remember who it was. Was I'll be it a honest band guy? You. I don't think so because I never really sense. went for a lot of the band guys. I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't I don't remember who the guy was. Spencer Clayton. But I remember. What? It was a hot ticket, Spencer, Spencer Clayton. Clayton. No, <laughs> I mean everybody wanted Spencer Clayton. I mean, let's face I mean, it. Really, I mean, he was. Who did? Oh yeah. Come on. Yeah, that guy. Spencer was like, yeah, everybody wanted Spencer. Drum major um, had that wheat that like flip in his hair. Hello, kids. How we doing? How we doing, kids? He had such a deep voice. First to high school. Yeah. Um, who knows i i don't i honestly don't remember this is not just me being vague i honestly don't remember um but i do remember that that was that was definitely um one of my worst things that stacy would not talk to me and she and i you know she and i got in a fight and i think i think that there was an argument about that and then i forgot her birthday and then that just destroyed our friendship and she and i had been so close and that was awful that was definitely that was awful um so but also freshman year you sat at a lunch table with three vulgar guys not three vulgar guys at the lunch table freshman year which is something else that you said i just read it just here do you remember who you sat at the lunch table with well okay my freshman year is when i started dating ryan smolak Oh. And John Rich and John Rich was one of his good friends. They were seniors. Oh, okay. And God only knows Matt Pizzola, or <laughs> there was a whole crew of them. I just saw Matt Pizzola. I think last year or the year before. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's good. He got married in Germany, and he has a. Actually, he and I are still friends. <laughs> really? Actually, I still talk to. Well, I talked to Ryan Smolak, um, who Mandy Kale ended up marrying and then divorcing. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Was that who that yeah. was? Wow. Yeah. This oh, is, I think I knew and, that. Yeah. What a tangle web we weave. Oh, that was. <laughs> That's a story for off. off we're not recording that one. <laughs> no, we're not recording that one. <laughs> that's that's her story to tell, not mine. <laughs> so you were you were in with the seniors as a freshman, and then yeah. how did like what was your? Did you just find new friends every year, or like how did you kind of transition when like you were people were graduating, or like did you go like you mentioned earlier that you had like a friend group and then that friend group changed and then that friend group changed like who were the who were the changes well there were some steadfast ones that i kept through you know through all four years like i had my relationship my you know relationship it, whatever your high school relationship is i dated ryan for two years and so yeah i hung out with them but i also you know i still was like in classes and did things with like Jamie Greger and Mia and you know all those girls um so I was I was like always I was like never part of one group I kind of just like ebbed and flowed throughout them you know and I had my band friends and I had my artsy friends and I had my smart friends and I just kind of you know I was just kind of friends with everybody like I didn't really I didn't really have any enemies I just was you know I was friendly with everybody and um the girls though I mean I spent a lot of time with Jamie and Mia you know Jamie and I stayed pretty good friends throughout the course of everything um you know and I think part of that too was there was you know there was the the you know her dad was really into music and stuff like that and there was like the family connections and stuff and um but yeah I kind of just I was never part of one group. It wasn't like I was, you know, I mean, even with you guys, like I hung out with you guys sometimes, but I wasn't a part of that group. You know, Mm -hmm. I just kind of like. That's like a reoccurring theme with with everyone we interview, really. Like, yeah, everyone sort of says the same. Like we definitely, I don't know that we had clicks in our school. Like maybe we did, but like they weren't exclusive. We did. I mean, I think. Because uh, that's how I would describe myself. That's how I think of, of Jay and me is that we we hung out with so many different folks at different times. And maybe that's just the kind of person that we were attracted to, too, to kind of reconnect with as well as like people who were, you know, are, were interested in so many different types of people, you know. Well, and Missy Janik and I hung out for, I mean, years. Yeah. And Amanda, Amanda Kale and I were like, the best of friends and you know none of like i'd say of my girlfriends so you have missy janik you have amanda kale you have jamie greger and mia and you know and there was probably you know and naomi none of them were in the same clique by mm-hmm. any means but i right. was really good friends with all of them you know and stacy uh. in the beginning and heather and um and they were all very different but mm-hmm. i was friends with all of them you know, and I'm still friends. I mean, I'm best friends with Mandy still to this day. Yeah. I mean, Mandy and I talk all the time. Um, you know, 
I mean, she's probably out of at, from high school. I see her the most. I mean, we make a point to we talk two or three times a week. I FaceTime with her while she's doing tubby time with Maddie. You know, her daughter calls me at Lala, you know, so she's the one from high school that I talk to the most for sure. That's really know. cool. That's really yeah. cool. She's your J then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone should be measured off of Jay and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> that's the pinnacle relationship of friendship. Uh, we, were voted, we were voted best friends. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's in the yearbook. Um, who were there any uh, teachers that you that stood out to you? Did you have anybody that like made a difference or anybody who like made your life awful? Like, was there any like, you know, Good or bad? Is there any teachers that stand out? Mr. Mel was the most fun, for sure. Yeah, he was great. And also, I mean, great. he was wonderful. Um, Mr. Mel was fantastic. Mrs. Reich was great. Mrs. Reich was always the most helpful, like, with anything, you mm-hmm. know. Right. Um, I still think about things that Mr. Mel taught me when I'm writing like a letter or like an email. There's a cat butt. I told you there'd be a cat butt. Yes. Yes. That is cat a, butt. That's a wonderful cat butt. <laughs> yeah, no, Mel was like he was a he he was on a different level of educating students. Yeah. I mean, I I remember going to freshman comp class in college and just smoking it like aces no problem <laughs> and being like no this yeah we did this this is we all yeah. know how to do this everyone we went to school with is our we're all at least proficient writers well i got to go to london with mr mel did you really really i did wait what trip was that that was uh our junior year in G- right after school we went to london it was a theater trip that wow. was uh wow. that was an experience let me tell you, it was a small group. Mike Klinger, um, trying to think who else was on that trip. It's Mike and me. Oh, and the girl, she's so quiet. I can't remember. I'd, I'd have to look. But yeah, there was only like five or six of us. I had my first flaming um, drink in London of my life <laughs> at 18. Nice. With Mr. Mel. With a, Mr. Mel. A, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, a flaming Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a school-sanctioned trip. I don't know. <laughs> it was a school-sanctioned trip, but we were all of age in that country. Oh, so we okay. were doing nothing wrong. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. legal. Yep. So, uh, but that was, that was a hell of a trip. Yeah, and we, we went to, you know, theater all over London for yeah. like seven days. It was pretty amazing. Uh, how yeah. long was was the trip? Was it like a week or ten? It was day? like a ten day trip. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that sounds yeah. great, man. Sounds fun. Yeah. There were a few trips amazing. that I remember taking with Mr. Mel uh, into the city. Uh, oh, I think those a, were fun too. A, a publications trip. Oh, you were in publications, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like doing the newspaper and stuff. Yep. And there was one trip into the city. I think maybe we went to Columbia or something like that, or maybe we went to. Um, the, uh, a show like a we went to a show and we were bringing the noise bringing the fun yeah, yeah. Great show. and we were up in the balcony and he yeah. tried to throw a shoe over <laughs> 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 yeah yeah i was on that trip 
He was really excited about the show. It's very, very he was excited moved, for some guys. reason. He was, he was very excited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was touched by the performance. Did we, uh, did we hang out after bringing the noise, bringing the funk? Did we try to go like to some bars or something after yeah, that? We did. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, we that. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was yeah. fun. Yeah. It's a good time. Yep. It's a good times. <laughs> yeah, I think we skipped most of the stuff that we were supposed to go to too. I know, I know, I did, and whoever I was with did. But <laughs> yeah, so. I think so. Wait, that was a trip. So let me just tell this one story. That was a trip. Was that the one where we went to Columbia University? I think so. Yeah. So th- that was so. Two things happened on that trip that I remember vividly. Ted Kahn. Uh, started dancing in the middle of the street, just chanting Hatu, 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 until oh, a group yeah. of people gathered around him and acted like he was doing something artistic. <laughs> but yep. he was just going Hatu, 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 Hatu. <laughs> That's the same trip. I thought that was really funny. And then there, there, the other part of that was we had a group of us had commandeered a a uh, a classroom at Columbia an empty classroom at Columbia and Josh Hauser pretended to be uh, a, a professor at the conference oh, I missed I wasn't in the, I wasn't a part of that part of it <laughs> god well he could pull it off if anybody could Josh could <laughs> So we started pulling, we started being like, there's this poetry symposium or whatever. There's this poetry uh, session in here. And, and so we got a bunch of people in there and Josh started talking and talking about writing poetry and uh, that uh, there should be a, like, you, you should look for stimuli in your life to really, to, to get, to, you know, uh, ignite the expression that you need for, for poetry. And he said, I have drawn a picture on the chalkboard uh, behind this, the sheet here, uh, behind the screen. And when I lift it up, I want you to write what comes to your mind. Oh no! <laughs> and these are and, like kids from all different schools who are attending this conference, not just us. Not just us. It was we had gotten other people who were supposed to be at the conference to come to this thing. And I remember he lifted it up and it's it's a very it's a terribly drawn person who's a, a guy naked from the half down. With a I knew there was going to be something involved. Yeah. A full on erection. Oh, God. <laughs> And but what was really funny is that Jimmy Callahan was also like he was like trying to help us get other people. And so Jimmy Callahan from uh, but when he was drawing the picture, he had he had drawn that it was a jersey and it and he wrote Callahan on the back of it. And for some reason, that caught me off guard. Like, I thought that was really funny because Jimmy was there and I looked over at Jimmy and he was like, why is my name on there? <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, it was a very elaborate scheme and uh, it was a good payoff. Story's not so. No. <laughs> Fun fact, I went to my senior prom with, with Josh Alpert. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that the person who Naomi said she didn't go to the prom with and felt bad about it or something? Yes. 
And then she said that I should go with Josh. So I did. Oh, my oh, gosh. She didn't tell us that part. Or maybe she did. I don't remember. The web <laughs> that is that we are being ensnared in right now. <laughs> yeah, she brought it up like it was like really bad karma for her. Like she felt terrible what, for what she had done to Josh. And I don't know what the exact story was, but. Um, I, I went with Josh yeah. instead. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had, I mean, I was, I was dating somebody who was out of high school. So I um, basically ditched Josh after the prom to go hang out with them. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't have a bad time with Josh. It was different. Yeah. So that's you. That's an interesting thing. So you, you were in high school and you were dating people outside of high school, which is For kind of a unique part. thing. I don't know many people who did that other than like, I mean, actually, I don't know. Like some, but like you may have been dating a senior, then they went to college or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but that pretty much happened most of high school. I didn't really date anybody. I mean, I dated Josh Lazoin for like a hot minute. I think he was like a sophomore and I was a freshman or he was a junior and I was a freshman. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I dated seniors and then they graduated. And I, I mean, I was with Ryan for almost two years. And then my senior year, I was with, um, uh, wow. Okay. Now I'm thinking I could see his face. <laughs> wow. He must have. Okay. There's a lot of this that I blocked out guys. Not memorable. Right? It's a lasting <laughs> impression. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'll, it'll come to me anyway, but I dated him for like two years and he was out of high school. Yeah. Wow. This is really bad. Uh, wow. I'm going to blame it on COVID. I have COVID brain because I had <laughs> COVID in so November. Cool. That's what I'm blaming it on. All right. So two questions. Uh, one, did you have a crush on anybody that you never went out with? Um, yeah. 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 Do you feel can you, comfortable you name telling names? us who that person was? <laughs> um, okay, interesting. Um, <laughs> I had a crush on Jay. Oh, well. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always had a crush on you. Oh, man. Until after, you know, until after high school. And then I, you know, and then we really became friends and then I just was like, eh, yeah, no. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I go, once you get to know me, it's all downhill. <laughs> it's all downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, I'm um, kind of disappointed. I thought you were more interesting than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a dull choice. If there ever was one. Um, well, I mean, you know, I had a crush on Spencer because everybody did, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I had a huge crush on Ben Bechtel and I got to date him for like five minutes. <laughs> nice. Oh, I remember yeah. Ben. I actually am yeah. Facebook friends with Ben, I think. Yeah. I am too. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. run into Ben in random places. I've run into Ben in Cancun. I've run into Ben at a Phillies game. Like, and it's always like, oh, oh hey, it's, it's Ben Bechtel. What are you doing here? <laughs> and then we talk for a little bit and then we go our opposite ways. We were never like close, but we always say hi. Uh, I one time I played a pickup basketball game with Ben and a couple of my friends and we were playing against him and he pulled me aside and he said, one of your friends smells like shit. You should tell him. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly like Ben. 
Unfortunately, it was me that smelled. <laughs> 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 well oh and i forget my second question i know i had a second question but uh, uh was it was it the nemesis question we asked that yeah one. that's a good one did you have a nemesis oh. like somebody that you're like not somebody you hated but like there's somebody that like this, this fucking guy he's always oh. rubbing me the wrong or he's getting the part that i want or he's getting the girl don't tell or, me it was me had <laughs> <laughs> a crush on jay and you hated me. <laughs> um, oh, nemesis. I mean, there was definitely there was definitely people that I was jealous of. Like, and you know, and I, I feel like a nemesis is more for a female, a female, and for a male, a male. Um yeah. there was definitely people I was jealous of. Um and it was more um, scholastic oriented or music oriented. Right. Um, like Sam Reinhardt in orchestra. I mean, she was gorgeous. She got every freaking part that anybody ever wanted. You know, uh-huh. um, she was my friend, but I was constantly jealous of her. Um, Jamie she was Greger. your friend, but uh, you hated her. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't hate her. I didn't. You know, I didn't hate her. Jamie Gregor, same thing. You know, right. Jamie was gorgeous and um, super smart, and you know, um, yeah. So I mean, there was definitely. I didn't have like a, a nemesis though. That I, there was somebody that I was like, ee, 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 you know, I want right. to kill kind of thing. You know, we always ask this of our uh, of the people that we're interviewing. Uh, Jay, did you have a nemesis? A nemesis? Uh, I mean, the only person I would say yes, but he was also a good friend. It was Joe Stombley. Like I hung out with him, but I also oh. want to like tackle him into the ground. That's right. Of the time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a good nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was like, yeah, it's not the, per- like, you don't like, you don't hate that person, but there's like something that there's like friction. Maybe that's the yeah. word you're looking for. Uh, for me, it was uh encore meta. Remember him? Yeah. Why? He was such. What? I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) Like, wait, why? He was like the nicest kid. And he was like three years younger than us. He He was was on a television show. Do you remember that? Really? I didn't know that. He was on Beauty and the Geek. What? Yeah. Really? he, He was on like a reality show. Oh, I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. Can anybody win those things? But uh, he was on it. Yeah, I don't think there's a winner. Yeah, I mean, I shared a bed with him once. What? We it was a trip to like Boston, and we all shared beds, and I, I was paired up with Encore. <laughs> you had the bunk with Encore, really? I had the bunk with Encore. That's I funny. think that's kind of how I remember it. One of the things is I have a terrible memory, Lauren. I don't remember anything. Oh uh, no, I'm very. I'm I'm, I'm bad. Yeah. Mandy Mandy will send me like a picture and be like do you remember this person i'm like no not at all (laughs) she's like well they friend requested me and they're from stroudsburg and we graduated with them and she's like get your yearbook out and i'm like well i still don't remember i'm like (laughs) like and and the opposite way i'll be like oh my god i was at this bar and i met this person and this is their name 
did we have class with them? Like, I don't remember them. She's like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. She was blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I know I'm the worst. I, I uh, get it. I'm- I, remember, I remember the other question. You said, I've blocked this out. Is that like, what is your overall feeling of, of high school? Is it, is, have you blocked this stuff out because it was like, you don't want to remember it? Or is it just? No, uh, yeah. no I, um, I enjoyed high school, but. I, I was ready to get out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was ready to move on with my life. And um, it wasn't, I mean, I skipped half my senior year, basically, and my junior year, for that matter. Um, I just didn't, I don't know. I didn't want to be there, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was ready to move on, you know, but it wasn't, and I, you know, I didn't dislike high school. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't one of those teenagers that was, you know, depressed or anything like that and hated my life or, you know, I went through my phases and whatever, but I, you know, I, I, I know my sister had a way worse time with high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, but I didn't hate it. Um, well, I was so, uh, and uh, Jay and I have had a discussion about me fawning too much. Am I fawning? Yeah, I, if I'm fawning too much, Jay, cut me off, okay? Because okay. I just have, I have very fond memories of people. And so what I remember about you is, is you were so cool. Uh, and I remember thinking you were cool because I think most people who were in our high school, that was their scene. You know, that was their scene, that, that was their life, was that kind of thing. But you always seemed like you had other scenes. Like, well, that's true. I mean, it's true. Yeah, I did. Right. I had the deer head. I had, I had other stuff. Yeah. You know? So it was like you were so cool. But you just like let things kind of flow off your back a little bit. You know, it was, high school didn't really, you know, factor in heavily to who you were. Whereas I think a lot of people that went to our school felt differently than that. But it was, I think it was because you had all this, these other cool scenes that you were involved with, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I went, I mean, I left high, you know, I left high school every day. I went to work and I worked at the Deerhead all weekend. Yeah. You know, it was a different environment for me. You know, most people went home to normal life of, you know, parents and siblings and, um, you know, whereas I, you know, I couldn't wait for the weekends, mm-hmm. you know, I was a working and making money and B, you know, meeting, hanging out with Bob Durow and, yeah. you know, and like yeah, doing right. all these really cool things. Um, you know, so yeah, it wasn't like the focus of my, you know, it was, it was just a means to get to the next, you know, place. So what's happened thing. since? Yeah. What was the next place? What happened? Yeah. Where'd you go after high school? Uh, I went to Penn State for a hot minute, okay. um, which, which was a culture shock because I went from a town of 700 people to a school of like, you know, 120,000 or something, what hell, yeah. however big it was back then. Um, I mean, I had classes that were bigger than the size of my town. And I was like, I, I panicked and I was like, not for me. And I came back here and I worked for a while and I got a, an executive chef position accidentally at water gap country club and uh and i decided to go back to school for that 
And so I went to the French Culinary Institute and studied and worked in New York and worked in Jersey and, you know, and then kind of, you know, worked. I mean, I obviously came back to the deer head multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the chef there for a while and um, did a lot of catering. And, uh, and then I went into food service um, because it was better hours. And, you know, and I, I started, it's really funny because I started at the, I, you know, had done all these executive chef positions and getting into food service, you have to start from the bottom up again. So I took a, I took a cook's position basically in my thirties, mm-hmm. uh, my late twenties, early thirties and, uh, started from the bottom and mm-hmm. worked my way up every year. And within five years, I was the assistant uh, food service director at ESU and right. doing that. And I was very successful at that and, you know, in a really good place. And, uh, and then my dad got sick. And that changed my world. It literally turned my world upside down. Yeah. And um, so I resigned. And I, uh, I wanted to be able to take care of my dad. And I decided that the money was not the most important thing. And they weren't very flexible with my hours and stuff. And I needed to be able to take him at any point in time. And, uh, you know, and they, you know, they said they totally understood and, you know, I'd always have a job available. And in the meantime, I had, I had been doing antiques as a hobby for years and I love antiques. So while I took care of my dad, I, you know, I did eBay and I still continued to do the antiques and that kind of supported me. And then, um, and then my father passed away and then the subsequent next year I was taking care of my grandmother and she passed away. And then my stepmother, her cancer came back and she passed away. So for, you know, those three, four years, I sustained myself with eBay. Mm -hmm. And then I took a year off after everything settled down. And um, I took a year off and I traveled. Um, And I traveled some and I just, I took a year to kind of like make this my home um, and settle down. And, um, and I, uh, I decided that I needed to, figure out what I wanted to do next. And I didn't know if I wanted to go back into food service. And so I decided to look for an office for my antique business. And the store came up for rent across from the deer head. And I'm like, well, this is perfect. And so I called Joe and Rachel, the owners, and they're very good friends of mine. And, and I said, you know, how much do you want? And they told me and I said, okay, I want it. And they said, well, do you want to look at it? I said, no, I don't need to look at it. I grew up here. <laughs> I've worked in this store before. No, I want it. Right. And I'm like, you know, and, and they were cute. Cause they were like, are you sure? Are you sure antique stores can't make much money? And are you going to be able to afford this? And I'm like, do you want me to pay you six months rent in advance? Like, what, what do you like? <laughs> trust me, I can afford this. And um, I'm like, you know, and I, it was funny because I talked to my mom and I'm like, oh, it's so cute. Joe and Rachel think I'm still 12. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 40. <laughs> you know. um, and, uh, and then I was trying to figure out the corporation name. And I, uh, I was going through some of my dad's old stuff and I pulled out the suitcase from Asparagus Sunshine, which, his, which was his band in the late 70s and early 80s. And it had the perfect logo and 
I'm like, that's the name of the corporation. I'm like, that's it. And then I was trying to find out who did the logo because back in like the you know late seventies, it could have been Barb McMahon or it could have been Tom Mann or it could have been my mom. So I called my mom and she's like, I don't think I did it. And, uh, and I was like, all right. So I emailed Barbara McMahon and Barb's like, oh yeah, your mom did it. I'm like, mom, seriously? <laughs> she's like, I was drinking a lot then just to be fair. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's wow. Go. Really? Yeah. And, That's uh, amazing. So yeah, how much did she so, charge you then for the logo? Uh, she did, thankfully. No, yeah. No. <laughs> well, and it was funny because I talked to Tom Mann, the jeweler, you know, because right. he was one of the designers back then. And Tom was like, it doesn't matter who did it. You own it because it was your father's property. And he's like, so do whatever you want. So, you know, I right. teased my mom. I said, I don't owe you shit. It was dad's property. So there you go. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah. So that was you know. So my store is Asparagus Sunshine, and uh, you know, I sell antiques and some handcrafted stuff and some local C- CDs, and you know, I I sell Deerhead Inn records and Pacific Street records and thank you very some other much for stuff. that. Yeah. You're very welcome. I owe you a check, by the way. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, Jim Wyckoff blacksmith stuff and. You know, just you know, basically only the people that I like. Right. <laughs> what what? I mean, <laughs> and you're on Instagram too. You have a great Instagram. Oh if yeah. People want to look it I'm, up. It's asparagus sunshine, right? Yeah, it's uh, uh it's asparagus dash. What is it? Asparagus sun. What underscore asparagus underscore sunshine dwg. Nice. And uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Asparagus sunshine. And uh, yeah. So what a terrific, like full circle story that is like, if you could put a bow on this, I mean, that's, we started out talking about this really cool community. Uh, and then we grow up there and it's kind of like, all right, let's get out. Let's explore all of that. And then we talk about how it's so easy to come back to. It's like, it feels like a, a homey place. You know, you go through, an incredible couple of years that must have been super hard. It wasn't and, great. <laughs> and the and the place and the place is there for you. I mean, what a terrific uh, story that is. That's that's so. Well, and it's it's my home. Yeah. It's my home, and it's I have such a great support system with the deerhead being across the street and um, everybody that lives around us. Um, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And, you know, and I think especially this last like year has been a true testament to that mm-hmm. as, as far as how much we've helped each other, you know, the communities come together. Like I can't tell you how many people bought gift certificates from me or bought online from me because they want to see my store succeed. It, you know, it adds to the town, um, you know, and our friends are, are just great and we all support the deer head and we, you know, and the deer head supports me and, you know, and as a community, we, we've been really, really strong supporting each other, even like yeah. Jay Cooper and the, you know, the Coopers down there and Sycamore grill water gap has just been hardcore supporting each other um, through COVID and shutdowns and everything else. And it's been really nice to see. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's home. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. It's home. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I think that's true for anyone that has that same mentality as any of us do. If you move back here, you're, you're greeted as family, no matter what, you know, so, and I'm running for borough council. So what? I'm really ingraining myself. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to yeah. say, that's amazing. I want to say that your dad was mayor at some point, wasn't he? He was. He was acting mayor. Yeah. Um, he was He was on borough council for, he was president of borough council for a long time. And uh, he was acting mayor for a while. And um, I was asked 10 days ago, right before, you know, we have to put our paperwork in if I would run. So I'm running. Who knows? Wow, we'll see how it great. works out. But that's yeah. really interesting. When, I'm sorry, we don't do political stuff on yeah. this. That's, uh, on that's this okay. Show. I don't feel like I'm old enough to run for politics. I'm like, <laughs> am I old enough to do this? Like, it's yeah. so weird. I'm just like, I'm your dad probably like, did it when he was 30. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I, I should tell you this. When your your dad had passed away, and I don't know, I was thinking about him. And uh, I was thinking about how he just did stuff. Like he got an idea and he just ran with it and he ran with it hard and he generally made it happen. And uh, I was, you know what I tried to do? This is such a random thing that I tried to get done. I started creating a disc golf course and I created this whole presentation about where it was going to be. And I petitioned the state and I got all these people. I wrote letters to everyone. I got people to support it. And uh, I got designers involved. And I, the whole time I was thinking, the reason I did it, because I was like, Rick would have done this. If Rick wanted this mm-hmm. to happen, he literally would have done it. Otherwise, I probably would have never. I mean, it didn't work out because they, the state eventually rejected my proposal. But at least they listened to it. And I got an audience and I got a lot of people to listen to me about it. Uh, but I literally did it solely because your dad inspired me to do it. Like, because he would have just yeah. have done it. His thing was, if you want to see it done, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Don't, you know, just hit the ground running and just do it, you know. Um, and that, I mean, that literally pushes me through so much. I have to remind myself that of of that a lot, um, because I've had really bad anxiety issues since Mm -hmm. those three years that I've, that I've had to deal with. Um, and I just like, that's like in the back of my head all the time. My dad's like, if you just, if, if you need to, you know, if you want to see it done, just do it, just do it. He's like, you know, he would just hit the ground running you know i i remember he came into the bar one night and he's like yeah i'm thinking about starting a camp for coda and literally the next year we had a up and running functioning summer camp for children <laughs> and yep. then we, it went from like just a thought in his head to we, we're gonna make this happen and he made it i happen. must say though he had a really freaking good assistant whenever he had one of those ideas <laughs> that did a lot of stuff behind the scenes that's true i'm just Saying. Yes, I don't you know. know I've put a lot to. of work into all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't he, found that perfect assistant for myself yet. <laughs> he had very good resources. I didn't, I didn't have any kids, so I don't have anybody to force to, you know, <laughs> right <laughs> to do those things for me. <laughs> uh, you're married, though, huh? No, you're not married. But I am not. Who is the gentleman that is uh, that is walking around in the? Background? He's just some random stranger I paid yeah, to like walk I through. Oh, yeah, no, part of the uh, ambiance. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, make it look like somebody loves me. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So uh, 
I am divorced three times. Oh, okay. Yes, I am divorced three times. Um, two very, very early on in the, I'm in my 20s and when I have that fairy tale marriage, yeah. um, then was with somebody for 10 years. Uh, then married somebody out of grief and made a very large mistake and am now dating an absolutely wonderful man. Um, we've been together almost two years now and, and, uh, and we're great. And yeah, so that's, that's the, you know, the that's guy so that you cool. see walking back and forth. <laughs> that's great. And, he, um, and, uh, yeah, his name, he's, uh, Nate, uh, from California and so uh, still adjusting to this whole small town thing, even though he's been here like two, two some years, two plus years. Um, but he just happened to, um, he happened to pick Delaware Water Gap. He was working in Easton. Uh, he transferred here from um, Chico, California um, with his company. And his company was down near Easton, Tatami area. And um, he was like looking for a place to live and found this you know, little apartment in Delaware Water Gap. And he was like, oh, this looks like a nice place far enough from work. But, and, um, and then he just ended up meeting me and then ended up hanging out with me at the store and then ended up living at the Deerhead actually um, in one of the apartments. And uh, wow. cause, well, cause I was, he was like, I need, I need a new place to live. And I said, oh, let me introduce you to Mary. And, um, and then we, then we, you know, we hit it off. And so, yeah, we've been living together about a little over a year now. It's great. Wow. That's happy. Great. That's us, great. Us That's five great. cats. That's awesome. <laughs> so. Hey, so if I had to like sum up a little bit of what you said, like even f- like from when we first started talking, like your history, I, th- I think there's just been like a ton of growth. Like it's just growth on top of growth on top of growth. Like, ups and downs, new experiences, and you learn from them and you change and you're just constantly making it more positive and better. Is there, now that you have like a different state of mind, maybe some, I don't know, I don't know if we have wisdom at this point, whether we're all 42, 41, is there something that you would tell high school Lauren now? Like if high school Lauren can meet, you know, Lauren today, would you tell her anything? to do something different, do something the same or stay on the right track? Um, I would tell high school Lauren to take a lot more stock in the moments that you have with people um, and not, not, not let relationships like go to the wayside, I guess. Um, because I think they turn out to be more important than you think that they are. And, when you're, when you're older, like your relationships, you know, I wouldn't have pissed off my parents as much as I had, had I known that I wouldn't have them for as long, but also my friendships too. You know, I think that because of what I've been through, um, I value my relationships a lot more now. Um, And I think that it's important to like, stay in touch with people that you want to stay in touch with um, and also to take, take advantage of every day. I mean, that's really, you know, and whether that be doing something with friends or taking time for yourself, 
it's just important to like live in that moment because you know you just you don't know what the next day brings you don't know you know um and do the things you love you know I regret not doing a lot of stuff you know um and I I see what people have put off well we'll do that when we retire we'll do that when we retire oh screw that do it now you know um there's trips I wish I would have taken. There's things that I, you know, opportunities that I wish I would have taken. Um, especially because I personally, part of being able to get along with everybody is that I'm always concerned about how people think of me. Um, and I wish I didn't have so much of that. I wish there was a part of me that could, you know, be a little bit more honest about the way I feel sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and living more in the moment and being like, you know, okay, you're offending me. So I'm going to tell you, you know, those kind of things, just more honesty with your, within yourself, you know, and living in the moment would be what I would tell my younger self for sure. Yeah. That's, so. that's amazing. Yeah. I, that's, I, I should tell myself that a lot. I want to. I want to take that tidbit. I want to take that audio and make uh, my stepkids listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was your Oscar moment there. We gotta. <laughs> yeah, right. That was good. Well, I think that's a good. That's a good place to to stop. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to thank Lauren. That was, it's really nice of you to take some time out of your night to do this with us. Um, it was so fun no catching up, really fun catching up and, and talking about everything. And, uh, and if, uh, you are listening to, to this, uh, mom, uh, <laughs> uh, if you are listening to this and you want to write us or, uh, you want to, you know, share a memory, uh, of Lauren or anybody else, uh, just, uh, just send it to our, our email address. And Jay has that email address because I can't remember it. Yeah. It's, it's crimson sheen at, uh, gmail.com. Uh, just like our, Oh, do you want to ask the question? I can see you lining up. No, I, <laughs> do, you, do you know, do you understand the reference, Lauren? Yes. <laughs> oh, you do. See, Jay. She knew it. Not many people have known it, uh, but it must have been your years in the bass drum line that mm-hmm. drove that home. Uh, all right. So, yeah, thanks, everyone. And uh, all right. thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you with our next Thank guest. Thank you, guys. All right. So long.